Welcome to Ask an Innovator, where we interview senior executives about innovation. You can find us at askaninnovator.com or subscribe with your favorite podcast app. I'm your host, Josh Barker, CEO of City Innovation Labs. Welcome to Ask an Innovator. Today, I've got with me Alex Rosenbaum, uh, the Director of Product Development at American Hospital Association. Thank you, Josh. Yeah. Appreciate it. Welcome, yeah. Alex. It's an honor, privilege to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's going to be a lot of fun. So today we're going to talk about innovation in healthcare, right? Yes. So that should be a good conversation. So I want to know a little bit about you, though. Tell me a little bit about your background sure. and then what you're working on these days. I grew up in a healthcare family, um, doctors, pharmacists. I was actually pre-pharmacy, my undergrad, here at uh, Chicago. I uh, went to DePaul University. And um, I got a D in biology my freshman year. That was the end of that wasn't my, my thing either. That was the end of my pharmacy career. Switched over into computer science. That's my field too. I like that. You know, it was big in the late '90s, and even if you weren't into computers, everyone was into computers, right? Then right. Com, you know, 2000, and so that was the exciting part. And so everybody needed to be, you know, computer programmer. My programming career lasted about a year after college. <laughs> <laughs> you know, kind of got my you know management skills at at uh, at Kinkos, FedEx Kinkos, and, sure. and and then I moved over into Walgreens. You know, I was with Walgreens for about 14 years and you know did various different uh product development and you know innovation things and uh, uh launched about five different products anything from uh well one that everybody knows you know it's funny out of all the different products that i've launched and worked on uh, Redbox. The, oh sure the dvd rental you oh, know, yeah. know kind of catches everyone oh yeah i know that you know but when i say 90 day or or medication synchronization it's like hmm, not <laughs> not so sure what is that how does that work you know right so i worked on uh prescription savings club which is a um, program for uninsured and underinsured patients. It's a discount medical plan. You know, it's kind of like Costco or uh, you know Walmart membership program. You pay twenty dollars a year, and then you get discounts on your prescriptions. Worked in the Medicare space in operations. Uh, worked in the early stage innovation, um, where you kind of had to uh, evaluate and analyze various different um, opportunities around what. You know, programs can you bring into the pharmacy space? Uh, it was exciting time at Boots Alliance and Walgreens. We're you know just you know exploring that merger, and so you know what are the different things that you could you know possibly put in, in you know within the uh, you know pharmacy space? So that was you know that was exciting, and then I got to work on the adherence portfolio. Hmm. Uh, so that was kind of uh, you know my career at Walgreens, and then I got an opportunity to join CVS team. Um, they had. You know, just a great innovation team and, you know, step right into one of the, you know, product launches, one of their delivery offerings, if you will, for mm -hmm. one of their products. You know, helped also launch one of their uh, prescription transfer tools. So that's a little bit me in a, you know, a nutshell. Um, nobody really, uh, if, well, at least in my case, you know, how do you become a product developer or, you know, product mm -hmm. manager? You know, I love to build yeah. and, and, you know, innovation comes part with that. And so there's a lot of different discipline. There's a lot of different uh, trial and error things as well. Yes. So, you know, failed pharmacist, <laughs> uh, not so great of a computer scientist, but, you know, you know, a pretty decent product, product developer. Yeah. You found yeah. your passion. Yes, exactly. That's exactly. good. Exactly. And, you know, love healthcare. You know, in my family, dentists, uh, you know, doctors, pharmacists. And so I grew up around that. Yeah. And that had its own influence. I didn't go the clinical route. Yeah. But here we are. <laughs> here we are. <laughs> That's great. That's Everybody's great. journey is, you know, is so different. It is. Right? Uh, let me tell you, one of the things that after interviewing a lot of people, you've come to realize is 
the people that have the windiest path yeah. are often the ones that are really innovative, right? They just have so broad of perspective yeah. on different things. And so, you know, it's not surprising to find someone that has a vast background of like, hey, I was, you know, a pharmacist or I was this or I was that or I was a computer scientist yeah. or, and, you know, a lot of people use that. I think we've, we've talked a lot about failure and it's like, they say, oh, I failed in this. And it's like, no, you just learn what you don't want to do. That's true. You know, That's it's true. like you just learn from that experience. That's very true. You know, my family immigrated from you know, former Soviet Union. And for many immigrant kids, it's uh, when you're brought here, the parents want you to make, you know, something of yourself. The idea of even in college, uh, in majoring in something that's like, you know, as obscure as history yeah. or, you know, political science, it's like, well, what kind of a job are you going to have? So I would say immigrant you know, mentality has, you know, a lot to do with, you know, what is it that you're going to do? And you're yeah. going to college, what job are you going to have? And and the U.S., uh, you know, education system, it's a little bit different than overseas. And so, uh, you know, so we're finding our way through yes. that and, and uh, through trial and error or, you know, like you said, it's, you know, something we like, you know, some things we didn't like. And, uh here we are again. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, when did he immigrate here? Uh, so in 1990. 1990? Oh, yeah, awesome. Yeah, That's yeah, great. Yeah, so it's, uh, you know, um, more than two-thirds of my life you know, yeah. spent here. Okay. And uh, uh, it's, uh, it's the greatest country in the world. Yeah. And, I mean, no matter what anybody said, and, and U.S. healthcare, uh, while it has many, um, I would say, um, there's lots of challenges. Yeah. At this you know, conference that I was just at, and one of the speakers said that uh, U.S. healthcare employs the biggest amount of people in the world. Wow! I mean, think about that, yeah. right? U.S. healthcare employs, you know, and I don't know the numbers, so I, yes. I quote. Yeah. But but anecdotally, um, you know, the largest employer in the United States, and hence the largest employer in you know, you know, as an industry. As an industry. So it's wow. it's it's uh, it's very fascinating, you know, and it's an exciting time to be. Oh yeah. Here in the United States, with um, you know, there's so many things going on within yeah. U.S. healthcare. You know, it takes innovators. Yes. To uh, to move things along. So let's let's go there for a minute. You you mentioned a lot of challenges. What would you say some of the challenges you see in the kind of the the medical industry overall? The the healthcare hasn't really been has never been really consumer friendly. Yeah, I can see that. If you're a patient, it's very hard for you to navigate through understanding which doctors to go to, which yes. pharmacies to go to, how much are my co-pays, what yes. are the premiums, what are the deductibles. Till this day, I mean, I could be sitting and looking at you know, insurance plans. If there's lots of different options and there's not an easy way to kind of sift through them, you're like, well, which one is better for me? Right. And a lot of times people will gravitate, well, you know, let's you know take that gold or that premium. And that's not always necessarily what's best, you know, what's best for them. So just navigating through the complexity yeah. And the regulations are complex. And so the services and products become complex. Right. So I think one of you know bigger challenges, and it's been there for many years, is that patients, it's hard for them to navigate through just understanding. And so making things more transparent, I think, you know, buzzword nowadays is kind of like, you know, it's, it's um, you know, how can we make things more transparent for our patients? Well, it's understanding which pharmacy is more advantageous for you to go, not just because you're on one plan or another, but let's understand your entire medication history. Let's not just look at your premiums and deductibles. You know, let's compare, you know, as an example, two plans where uh, maybe your medications are in different tiers. Yeah. I mean, even as I'm talking about this, right, it becomes all of a sudden very, you know, kind of complex. We have the premiums, deductibles, different tiers for yes. for medications. And so it, it it's very, um, it's hard for patients to navigate. So that's, yeah. I mean, that's one challenge. 
what do you see as some of the solutions that are coming out just now in terms of innovation? <laughs> there are some really cool things, I think, in healthcare that are happening. It, it maybe depends who you talk to, but you know, vertical integration and the consolidation. Take CVS and Aetna, for example. Um, and, and, and so you have a PBM, now you have a health plan, you have clinics, their data aspect, and then you take Optum and United and then ESI and Cigna. So you have health plans and PBMs. And, and so there's a lot of consolidation um, and vertical consolidation. So the idea is for, a pay, you know, for you know, one kind of a conglomerate to have a view of a patient and be mm -hmm. able to help that patient, you know, throughout their, you know, continuum, so that as they go see a doctor, um, you know, they may be visiting a clinic and 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 um, uh, you know, at a pharmacy, and so that um, you have a more of a holistic view. Because one of the, you know, let me go back to you know one of the other challenges is that the data, yeah, is so, you know, disparate. It's so dispersed, hmm. and and you know, if you go to your dentist or if you go to your um, Primary doctor. Primary doctor. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, you're good. <laughs> it's been a long day. <laughs> uh, but um, the data is in different places. Yeah. Um, so these organizations um, have an opportunity to improve that healthcare. I mean, you see that in hospitals as well, right? Uh, you know, again, it depends who you talk to. Uh, but I mean, you have consolidation of, 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 you know, again, I mean, everyone's trying to lower costs. Yeah. Um, the other cool thing that's really emerging is the value based care. So you have organizations, you know, instead of being paid fee for service, they are having, uh, you know, contracts or plans that that will pay them based on the outcomes. And mm -hmm. so and so, um, you know, whether it's a, a you know, hospital or a clinic, uh, you have areas where an organization now is going to look at their patient population and the data and really try to figure out how do we improve that patient's health, right? Whether it's medication adherence or whether it's looking at social de uh, determinants of health. You know, you know, can somebody get to a clinic or a primary care doctor? You know, do they not have transportation? You know, for example, our senior population, a lot of the seniors live, you know, within the urban areas. And so they have to take public transportation. Well, what if they cannot afford public transportation all the time and, you know, cannot get to the doctor? So one of the innovations within the industry that I think would be emerging, you know, companies like Uber and yeah. Lyft, are you know looking to get in that space of healthcare and and so that's interesting like you know all hmm. of a sudden like you know how do you you know it's it's it sounds innovative but how do you you know put that together so that's that's where the you know kind of challenge lies but the vertical integration of the companies now that can I mean essentially if you go to your doctor and you're part of let's say uh, you know Aetna plan and then um, you go to CVS pharmacy and then you go to a clinic uh, ideally that patient record, you know, would reside it's all in, in one. It's all in one. Mm -hmm. And so um, you, the patient care should should be better, right? You know, it should, it should you know, improve, uh, it, especially with data, uh, and that data can lead to better outcomes. The other thing that's, you know, cool thing that's happening, um, there's a lot of companies that are trying to, like, let's say GoodRx. Um, it's a company that is trying to guide uh, patients, where do I buy less expensive medications or which pharmacy you know should I go to so there's companies out there that are trying to look at you know transparency but those are some kind of cool you know cool things that are happening you know probably you know I'm forgetting a few things but yeah but that's uh, uh, just off the top of my head I know my wife and I have a friend of ours has an organization where 
you you they took a look at our medical expenses and then they 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 looked at the average across you know this for this particular surgery yeah. of what it should be and then they effectively kind of help you figure out how do you articulate that and they've actually partnered with a law firm and actually saying hey this is how much you should pay yes. it's not this much yes. so interesting things like that because that's transparency right the yes. more information that's you right. have um and there are companies actually that that well you know like you said they do that and there's also companies that let's say that you do have to pay out of pocket you know x amount and let's say it's a large amount well yeah. they're able to um negotiate yes. on your behalf with right. with health plans or doctors and yes. say look this patient may not be able to pay you anything yes and we know that you know, there's probably some markup right one of the things too my wife and i really love is with our insurance it includes the the telehealth yes i've used that before yes. it was so neat to use it firsthand of my doctor i downloaded an app and they're like hey like I got some pain in my back and they're like take a picture send it to me he's yes. on the video chat with me right I just kind of take a picture send it to him right over video chat and he's like oh I know exactly what that is I'll prescribe it where do you want me to send it yes. and I was like oh my gosh wow that's like crazy talk about another innovation right yeah uh, within the healthcare I'm looking to reduce costs and I mean that's another area if you know somebody can get to the doctor's office a doctor may be able to work from anywhere right yeah. i mean now they don't have to travel so that's a that's a great innovation yeah so the one thing i forgot to mention so you know you have your dental office right and you have your vision um and then you have your clinics and so i mean eventually you could you know potentially um you know and cvs and walgreens are already looking into things like that i mean you could have a lot of these places as part of a pharmacy hub oh sure or urgent care so how do we make access to healthcare easier hmm. um and so that a lot of times maybe you don't have to go to a hospital. Yeah. Uh, uh, but what I think what we do have to figure out is how do we have all of these different healthcare entities play together? Yeah. Uh, really for for the patient benefit. You know, right. one of the things that we're moving away from being patient centric is what we're moving towards, but we're not there yet. Yeah. In healthcare, it's still a lot of times driven, you know, based on prescriptions. Yes. Or based on you know visits. Right. Or how many beds are in the hospital. But, you know, you know, it, it has to be patient centric and patient transparency, you know, is another you know, key area. But moving into, you know, the area where a patient has access to information and make a, um, you know, informed decision where to go and where to get their care. Um, that's that's key. I think it's, it's extremely helpful for you to say being patient focused because. Uh, you know, I've, a lot of these interviews, the interesting thing is there's a huge underlying theme of the industry being very much empathetic and consumer focused of your, your user, your, yes. your customer yes. and yes. saying, put yourself in the, in your shoes of your customer, yes. you know? So, I mean, other examples, I'm sure you could agree with this is we've all gone into the hospital or, or the, right. the urgent care and we've sat there for an hour, two yes, hours. Yes. And we're sitting yes. there going like, man, like there's got to be a better way than yes. me just sitting here two hours. And so. Um, well, and and that's right on the money, right? Because, you know, a lot of times when you have, an, you know, something urgent happening, I mean, the first you know place you think of is going to the emergency room. Right. And that's an extremely, I mean, expensive, you know, proposition. Yes. And, and the cost of just everyone in the emergency room. It, it's so, yes, it's got to be a you know, another way of, of, you know, of addressing those urgent needs without going to, you know, an emergency room. Right.
So we discussed some of the innovations you see now. Yeah. Is there any anything we could expect that's just like, hey, this is kind of way out there? Just like I almost envision it like Amazon's talking about space travel, right? Amazon is a you know big disruptor in yeah. the industry. It's funny we were just talking about this at the summit, and I made a comment. Well, you know, Amazon, you know, not only do they have PillPack now and Whole Foods. But they also have Amazon Prime, right? So it's like a membership. Oh, yeah. And somebody said, well, wouldn't it be interesting if Amazon actually bought Prime Therapeutics and other PBMs? So then you would have, I mean, you already have Amazon Prime. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> you already have that. That um, So so that that's uh, um, one of the things out there. One of the things that at least, um, you know, I would love to see is a patient, you know, one unified patient record. So it's independent of your health plan. It's independent of your PBM. It's independent of any of the doctors, but hmm. but it's there and it has all of your information that you can access. And when you, I mean, essentially, you know, some people may, you know, carry, you know, papers and documents. If you had that on your phone or mm -hmm. on your tablet, obviously there's privacy issues and security issues sure. that would, you know, go along with that. But, you know, having that ability, I think we're getting there. One unified patient patient record, I think that's very well in the future. And what would that do? I mean, like, for people listening to this, they're like, oh, that's, that sounds good. One patient record sounds like a convenience thing. But I'd have to imagine there's a lot of ripple effect to having one patient record. Yeah. I'll give you a personal example right now. So, again, my grandmother, who I've you know, kind of been using as an example, but she has gone from nursing you know, facility to a hospital several times. And what's interesting, when they call me, they ask me questions around, well, you know, she on this and she on that, and all the information is at the primary. Oh, yeah. And so we are still dependent upon the phone communication and talking to people, which is never going to, you know, really go away. But there are some basic things that yeah. if you were to look in history that, you know, she has osteoporosis or she has, you know, arthritis or she's had these types of, you know, conditions or these medications. Right. You know, physician staff would be able to kind of get a picture even without talking to anyone and probably make assessments a lot quicker. There is another key area, especially for within prior you know, authorizations or declining of certain medications. Some people have tried certain medications and had very adverse effect, and they may have been 10, 15, 20, or 30 years ago. And so, um, you know, their condition may worsen and they may require medications. And so um, having that history and saying that, well, and the plan or the PBM may say, you know what, we want you to take this, you know, medication. And it would be, especially in the field of specialty, they may say, you know, we'd like you to take this medication um, and because it's the cost is less. But if the patient has an adverse reaction or had an adverse reaction 20 years ago or even 10 years ago, and there's no record of that, I mean, sometimes that patient needs to take that medication, get sick, and demonstrate that he has an or she has an adverse reaction to that med. So having that patient record could show that could show that it's more than just convenience, right? To someone, yeah. it, it's I mean, it's better care. Yeah, and actually, this is you know one of the stories that I just heard earlier you know today. So so this has actually happened to somebody, and a pharma you know company case management team had to you know step in there, um, and you know fight for that patients to say no, you know this medication is more expensive but it does not have this type of adverse reaction on this patient. And so, again, having that type of a patient record can you know, do wonders. The other area is being more transparent around your plan benefits and opportunity where you can 
shop, uh, you know, whether it's prescriptions or whether it's hospitals or, or clinics, um, you know, now we can communicate better. As simple as having your consent. I mean, I know it sounds simple, but, um, you know, there's regulations that, you know, as a patient, if I don't give consent for email or text, then you can't really, you know, contact me. I mean, you can for, you know, if it's, um, you know, like life-threatening situation or if it has to do with your therapy. But if it is to offer you, you know, more price tr uh, transparency, that may be viewed more as a marketing, uh, you know, opportunity. Um, the other thing that, uh, you know, I've always been passionate about is, you know, what if now healthcare can be, you know, you know really, at the, you know, at the convenience of your home as technology advances and um, as patients are able to do more self-administration and, and, and uh, um, you know, again, we're probably a few years away from that. I mean, we have some other challenges we got to solve. <laughs> yeah. um, but, but that would be something also, um, you know, if you're able to do that, uh, you know, within, within the comfort of your home. Um, and, you know, there's already infusion centers that do that. Or, you know, traveling nurses, you know, mobile nurses, there's mobile ultrasound. Um, so there's, you know, other opportunities. Some cool stuff. There is some cool stuff. There is, there is uh, you know, a lot of opportunity. Yeah. Yes. You know, from everything that you've seen in healthcare, what, uh, you know, I've heard, um, yeah. what do you think? I think you're right on the money. My child was born, um, I was telling you, she was born 16 weeks ago. So she's actually still in the hospital because she was born at 23 weeks. Oh, wow. She was a preemie. Mm -hmm. So, but she's doing fantastic. But what's interesting is this gives me a unique view of healthcare that not very many people have, right? Because I'm in and out of the hospital pretty much daily, um, going to visit her, going to meet with nurses, going to meet with doctors. And so that's where, you know, a lot of the patient experience could be, you know, like you said, could be vastly improved of from the moment you enter the building to all the way to when you're giving birth and in the NICU, God forbid, you yes, know, that happens yeah, yeah. to anyone. Um, but that's you know, that whole experience has really opened my eyes yeah. to a bunch of different things that could be improved. So you're really in tune with the whole healthcare yeah. system now. <laughs> yes, wow. that's right. More than most probably. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's those situations. I was just talking with someone um, today too about putting yourself in the shoes of of your your customer. This has given me a whole new perspective of like, what people go through, right? Of like, oh my gosh, they go through this really scary journey. It's frustrating. Know? And yeah. frustrating. It's yeah. very frustrating. So it's just like you go through this journey and, and you learn a lot. But one of the things like, prime example, I thought this was kind of neat. So sitting at my daughter's bedside, um, you can kind of see they, they do something called Brady's, if you're familiar with that term, no. where ba basically what happens is because they're born so early, their brains are underdeveloped, so they don't know their 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 subconscious tells us to breathe, right? We know when to breathe. Our mm -hmm. body's just breathing normally. Well, theirs isn't fully developed, so they don't know, they don't have that rhythm of like, I need to breathe. So every once in a while, they need a reminder. And well, there's points where they need more oxygen flow and less oxygen flow. So for the nurses, they literally have to go over to a dial and when their oxygen supply tanks and they require more oxygen, the nurse literally has to be at her bedside before she's much better. Oh, wow. And and every I would say every thirty to forty minutes she would have to push it up and like see her vitals kind of go back up and push it down. It was kind of a game. So it was like it was a really kind of crazy, but I thought to myself, like, there's gotta be a better way. Right. Well, I did some research and found out that actually there is there is a bunch of technology out now that they're getting under approval to use that uses AI 
to know the rhythms of your preemie's heart rate and and the way their brain is wired to where it it can predict what happens and how much oxygen they need and gives it to them at the right time and turns it ups and downs so that the nurse just needs to sit and make sure everything's okay, um, which is fascinating. To it me. is so. Um, so those types of things are, you know, you're right on with saying patient care, like like being patient focused, because I, I looked at that and I was like, there's got to be a better way. That's what I kept saying through this whole process is like fantastic nurses, fantastic doctors, right. but there's just got to be a better way. And, 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 and I mean, I'm so sorry you have to go through this uh, with, with, you know, for anyone that has children. I mean, anytime you have to go anything like that with your child, it's, it's. And she's doing great, by the way. So it's all good. Thank God for, for, for the hospitals yes and, and the doctors and nurses right. and, and and you know i'm sure she's getting you know the best care possible. yes as parents or as caretakers it's also difficult to navigate yes like we talk about the empathy and we talk about the emotional aspect and we're talking about innovation one of the things that i was thinking about is it always comes down to people yeah it does all 100 percent. and it's one of those things that when you're talking about innovating or doing product development it comes from uh, people's empathy, yes. their 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 desire to improve upon something. It comes from their personal experiences, personal hardships, yes. and that desire. You had that curiosity, like, well, that's got to be a better way. Yes, and let me go look it up. Let me search it. And frankly, so many of us do our own healthcare research. <laughs> we do, yes. and we call and we and we tell doctors sometimes. It's like, hey, this you is know, what I found. this is what I found. My grandmother is taking these medications, and her osteoporosis is exacerbated by certain drug and drug interaction. And I'm like, well, wh you know, why didn't why didn't somebody else look at this? Right. Get her off this drug. <laughs> I mean, right. but this but this is yes. where 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 I mean, we are becoming because of you know, there's so much complexity. And it's like there's got to be a better way. We're curious. We want to yes. improve. So I think part of innovation is having those people that want to push the envelope. They want to yes. push. And ask those questions, curious, and 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 I mean that's that's huge. Yes. Um, the other thing that I think that's also key about innovation is you know, having a vision. Yeah. And being just a good communicator of that. Yes. Without that, so I mean that's kind of like the art part, right? You know, innovation is really art and science. Yeah. Like when you talk about you know artificial intelligence, data. Yeah. Predictive capabilities, yes. that is another area within healthcare that yes. is really impacting. Uh, but it's not, it's not like we have massive amount of data. Yeah. So many organizations have, you know, massive amount of data. But how do we actually start using the right data? That's right. And putting it to the predictive, you know, uses. I mean, there's, I mean, you know, lots of other examples that already do that. Yeah. But in your case, how do you? predict even the heart rate and, yes. and, and the beat. You know, how do we predict? I mean, you know, really out in the future um, with like genomics. Why should that be like this kind of unique thing? Right. I mean, I mean, that should be almost like part of, I mean, wouldn't it be interesting, you know, to know if we get kind of like, you may be at risk for diabetes, right? heart disease. I mean, we kind of know that through just our genetic pool. Yes. And then cultural whatnot. But like, what if you actually had that? you could look at that and you can alter your lifestyle yes through food through exercise even the choices that we make around you know balancing work and life that's right how do you control stress which causes so many of these ailments yes. or exacerbates them this is one area that that is tremendous the other thing about innovation the science part is that you kind of need a process or a framework to be able to 
take an idea from kind of like a blank canvas yeah and then make it into something and then there's a saying don't be afraid to fail i mean yes. failure is not necessarily like it's okay to fail i mean failure means that you tried i go through iterations yes of of you know of that product and you constantly hear the voice of the consumer that's right and so just even the exercise that you and i did it's like you had a completely different perspective on the situation than me if clinician once we heard that we created it a dialogue. Yeah. You know, having that dialogue in innovation is so critical and asking questions. And you know, I'm preaching to the choir here, that's but right. I mean, that's absolutely important is to have that curiosity, ask those questions and, and really like, why aren't we doing it this way? Yeah. Well, we've done it for many years like that and, you know, very methodical and, well, okay, well, let's, let's try it differently. Yeah. And let's actually have outcomes to show that doing it differently makes more sense. Right. I mean, we've covered a lot of ground. We did. Yeah. <laughs> covered a lot of ground. <laughs> yeah. It's been fun, Alex. Well, yeah. I appreciate your time. Yeah, Josh, thank you very much for inviting me. Absolutely. Uh, this has been great. It's been uh, fun. Yeah, it's been fun. Cool. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Ask an Innovator. Visit us on our website, www.askaninnovator.com. This podcast has been sponsored by City Innovation Labs.